Hello, folks. How are you doing? I hope you had a great weekend. Today, I'm going to start a new series, kind of conjoined with the other series. This one is about race and the LDS Church. I know that is a very sensitive topic, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, so this is the first one. I have no idea how many I want to make of this because I'm finding a lot of juicy, cool stuff. And so here we go. Let's go. All right, so like all my old episodes, you have to start from the very beginning and by stating the facts. And so we have to understand that the LDS Church is an institution. It may be a religious institution, but it's still an institution. And as such institution, it has changed throughout the years, and it has to adapt to the laws and to the environment in which it lives. The LDS Church today it states that there were black people that were under the protection of the LDS Church, particularly under Joseph Smith. But when Brigham Young came into power, uh, things changed a little bit. Uh, Brigham Young, in his statue, the one in Temple Square, he says that there were about, I think, four black people that were his property or property of the saints that came with them uh, on the in the first immigration to Warsaw Lake. Um, so those black people could be considered the, some of the original pioneers. And so this carries a lot of implications. But if we start at the beginning, in the 1930s, the foundation of the church in New York, um, there was a lot of dissension in government. Not everybody wanted to be on board with the Constitution. And so, you know, today we declare it as the rule of law. as such a wonderful document. But back then, people were not very, they were not so sure. And the, in New York, at that time, generally was considered a free soil state. This means that slavery was not generally adopted. It was not like in the South, where it was rampant. And as a result, um, with loose laws and with people that didn't want to subscribe or wanted to subscribe to slavery, um, Joseph Smith was pretty open. He didn't accept them as slaves. He accepted them as people. Uh, but as abolitionists started to join the church, the view of the LDS church uh, towards slavery started to change up to the point in which uh, Brigham Young did not only own black slaves, but he also said that it was ordained of God to have slaves. Uh, this comes uh, from this book called Slavery in, Slavery in Utah by Nichols Jeffrey. Uh, and also Brigham Young, on top of uh, the black people, he also encouraged members of the faith to take on Indian slaves and to participate in their trade. And this comes from uh, chapter 6 of The Mormons and the Indians, Ideals versus Realities, by uh, Eugene Campbell. And so... Brigham Young, it seems like he was quite um, a racist person. And that also carried along with being sexist. But this was not unique. This was the, the rule of the law back then. And so we cannot really demonize him for that because there were many people that were slave owners. There were many people that put down the laws of women. And in fact, women back then were considered to be kind of property. And so him being a polygamist, 
and having a bunch of other women. It was kind of like part of their property. Joseph Smith did the same thing as well. And other Americans did something similar, but it wasn't, it wasn't a monogamous uh, relationship. But that was the past. Uh, today, we have a different set of laws. But we must acknowledge that we can really hold grudges for what happened in the past. Me being a, a brown person, I am not about to hold uh, grudges for the Spanish taking over Mexico because it will just consume me. And what is the purpose of that? There was no objective me holding a grudge, but it is good to learn of our past. And, it, and you know, but it is also not healthy to be, to, to, play, to, to be the victim or for the perpetrator or for the victim. And so, like, bygones be bygones, and we need to start afresh. But we need to understand how that piece of history uh, can, affect, can affect our modern lives and the, and, and the lives of, of our community and our families and our country. And so what we have today is our, 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 in the, our history or the history of our parents or our grandparents is the history of, uh, of, uh, of segregation. And in the LDS faith, the prohibition of the priesthood to our black brothers and sisters, well, to our black brothers, sisters are not allowed to have the priesthood yet, or, or they may never will. And um, this did not happen until 1978 when blacks were allowed to have the, the, the priesthood. And this whole priesthood situation was a bit tricky even back then, before 1978, particularly in areas like Brazil, South Africa, and Australia, where the term black was a little bit tricky because some people might look kind of mixed, but they may look black. And so it was up to the discretion of those people to, be, to, to determine whether they were black or not, which is still BS because there are a lot of white people that have a lot of black DNA. And if they look white, I guess they could receive the priesthood. And so it was just up to the discretion, I guess, of the leaders to, to determine whether this person was black or not and whether they were able to have the priesthood or not. And one of the reasons why being black today in the LDS church is a little bit tricky is because the Book of Mormon explicitly states that the Lamanites, the bad guys, were cursed by the Lord with blackness. Uh, this is commonly called uh, the curse of Ham. While the Nephites, the good guys, they were uh, blessed by the Lord with whiteness. And so there is a very di direct difference between blacks and whites. Uh, uh, some LDS leaders now or writers have come out to say that it might have been symbolical, that it have, might have been a, how should we say it? I don't know, something symbolical, something as an allegory, not necessarily that they were black or that they were white. And so they're changing a little bit their stance on that. But meanwhile, the damage has been done. Um, and so this... It's just a little bit, it's, 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 it lives in a little bit of a tricky situation. Because prior to the arrival of the Spanish into the continent, the, all the populations of Latin America, from the Eskimos all the way up in the north, to the little tribes up in Paraguay, and some Chilean tribes, they were all brown. And so if the Book of Mormon, uh, as it contains, as it claims to contain, to contain such an influential part of the history of the peoples of this continent, they will have at least been some black people, maybe a, you know, a few white people, but there were none. 
they were all brown people. Maybe the Taino, you could say that they were a little bit black, but they were still mostly brown. And so it is hard to say the Book of Mormon is correct, or maybe there was a lot of mixing involved. I don't know. And, and so maybe the white and the black stand, ended up missing and mixing, and that's why they ended up being um, brown. But I still think there should be some black. But anyway, the Aztecs uh, made a great, great deal about the first black person that they ever saw, particularly because uh, according to Aztec legend, that black person that came from Cuba was the one responsible for the downfall of the Aztecs. Not because he brought a sword, but because he brought a lot of disease. Uh, now I know that there was some chicken pox and salmonella thing going. And that was what really exterminated the Aztecs, not the sword of the Spaniards, but the, the disease that they brought. And also, this, the, 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 the notion that Jesus was a white person, it is very likely an erroneous statement. Uh, most of the pictures of Jesus throughout uh, the whole world depicts Jesus as a in, the, in an Italian medieval art. This art was developed by the Merovingians, uh, sponsored by artists and sculptures by the Merovingians. So they made the, they made Jesus made look like them, uh, particularly Clovis II. In fact, if you go online and you research some Clovis II pictures, you will be able to see that that is the Jesus that we see uh, all over, uh, from Catholic churches to Mormon churches everywhere. And this was done to use Christianity as a political tool to extend from what we now know uh, from France, uh, to Spain, all the way to like Belgium, Poland, and Croatia. That whole area was the whole Merovingian Empire. And sometimes they didn't even have to lift a sword to, to conquer some of, those, some of those areas in between. Because you said, it's like, well, if you don't do what we tell you to do, you're going to go to hell. And it's like, well, what is this hell? Well, let me, you know, let me teach you about Christ. <laughs> well, just so matters that the Bible does not contain a heaven or a hell. They just made all this stuff up and to just put people down. But ever since the Merovingians made up Jesus white, all Western nations have used race as a way to eradicate uh, to, and, and subjugate the black people, brown people, one of the biggest ones was uh, the Moors and the Jews of Spain. Uh, they basically owned Spain. They had a huge foothold over that area. They um, controlled the Mediterranean commerce. Uh, but that whole black is bad and brown is bad type of thing, it really played into uh, helping uh, the Spanish crown to, uh, to to bring down the empire the most the, of the Moors. But thank goodness today uh, for Martin Luther King Jr. who fought for the rights of the black people and we all kind of get to piggy along with him. And so, so, so it, it was great. But um, we need to understand what is the what have been the reverberations of that oppression that began with the Merovingians. And there was a little bit before that, but they, they were the ones that made it bigger. And it got perpetuated by the by the European crowns and the Catholic Church, and it still endures to this day. And there has been a lot of division in the past few years, in my opinion, uh, as much as in England as here in the states. 
And so I would like to cover that from a Mormon perspective, but I wanted to open the discussion with this episode to try to open up the the the, the, the road towards getting to an understanding of how do we perceive ourselves as black, as brown, as white, and, and members of the church, non-members of the church, uh, and the whole world in general. Anyway, thank you very much, and have a great week, and see you later. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.